Welcome, and thank you for listening to the introduction episode of the Still 80 Mania podcast. My name is Benson. I'm your host, and we are in Southern California today in Sachiko Studio recording. Alongside me is our sound engineer, Mark Mondoy, and co-producer and co-host, Nadine Sue. Welcome, guys. Hey! You. Thank you for joining me. I know that uh, I wouldn't be doing this without the both of you. So Aww. thank you for your support and thank you for your encouragement. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So I want to first get into uh, this podcast, what it is and why we're doing it. I think the best way of explaining why this is happening is because of uh, an experience that I had. Um, that's one of the reasons. So I got into drifting really early in the United States, and I was really involved in moving drifting from a illegal street drifting type culture to something that uh, where we're having uh, lots of sanctioned events now. Um, we're in professional drifting now, but I had a lot of early on involvement, and it was a passion of mine. It was something that we would be doing a couple times a week, several times a month. And these were like in the early days of the internet. So give a year. What year was that? Yeah, like 2000. Well, I, I, I got into it uh, much earlier than that, but I got my car in 99. Um, it kind of went from there. So I, I feel like I was a very instrumental part of um, growing the scene here in Southern California. And through my website, in other places too. I made lots of friends from around the country, but there were a lot of things that I was able to document on my website. I was able to journal through the journal on my website, um, which is now considered blogs. Um, but before it was just something where, you know, I would just put it on my website and treat it like a journal, you know. Um, but there are a lot of people that um, had a lot of involvement with early drifting culture in the United States that didn't have that avenue. They didn't know how to program a website and there weren't blog websites out there. And so uh, there's a lot of people that didn't get to tell their story from a first person point of view. So I thought, what a great way of preserving some history that may not be on the internet yet by doing a podcast and allowing people to tell stories from the first person point of view. Something that happened with me uh, that kind of helped me come to this realization was I had a, a really good friend of mine, um, Antonio Alvendia, and um, we were really close and he was a very well known uh, car photographer, but we had a falling out and he was very active in photographing uh, drifting from the US to Japan and worldwide. And because of our falling out, he kind of overlooked me when it came to photographing what was going on at these early events. And he ended up uh, coming up with a drifting book that kind of documented drifting through his photography um, in those early days. And because of our falling out, um, I was largely left out. Uh, he was kind enough to put me in a I don't know if there was a photo of me, but he, he did mention me as the winner of the first drift show off in that book. But largely in, in the context of his book, I had, you know, very little to do with drifting. And, 
you know, I understand, uh, you know, we, we were not friends at the time, but looking back on it now, I feel like, you know, that's unfair that with, with all the involvement that I had in those days, my blood, sweat, and tears put in working events, instructing, competing and all of that. And just, um, you know, I really felt like I had more of an effect on uh, drifting culture back then than the little one mentioned. And so without something like this podcast, there, there are other people out there that might have a story and just because they weren't mentioned in a book or just because they don't have a, a website that is 20 years old where you can go back and look at, you know, all the things that they did, they're so easily forgotten. I mean, there's so many examples of great things that we've seen um, growing up in like early drifting that never made it to the internet. So if you Google something, you may not find it. It doesn't mean that it never happened or it didn't exist. But because you don't have a picture of it, you can't Google a person and, and an event happening. Um, it's like it never happened. Um, so this podcast is here to, to provide a service to people to get their unheard stories um, and put it on wax so that we can have something for years and years um, so our future generations can hear it. And maybe some of the people that are listening now, um, they'll, they'll learn something. Um, I hope you do learn something and I hope that you can hear some of these stories and appreciate them because they have definitely helped us to get where we're at today. So that's my spiel. Um, so yeah, let's like, get things straight about this show is that it's more than just a bunch of old heads talking about how important they were, right? It's just like legitimately interesting and fascinating stories that just have not been heard and we don't want to let that slip through the cracks, you know? Yeah, and you know, I definitely don't want this to be a podcast with like a bunch of old people saying, oh, back in my day, I had to walk 40 miles to school. Right. Um, <laughs> this is definitely not that. But I do want to share some of these things that, uh, you know, I, with all of our involvement early on, we've made a lot of um, relationships with people, a lot of good friendships with people. And I know that there are a lot of unsung heroes out there who deserve credit for things that otherwise they wouldn't. Um, I feel like this is a good way for me to um, expose some of those stories, share with people how we got here to where we're at today. But also, I want to give these people their flowers. You know, I want to thank them and show that they are appreciated. Well said. Okay, so... Without further ado, I want to introduce um, my co-producer and co-host and wife hey. and host of the Drifting Pretty podcast, Nadine Sue. Hey, guys. Um, thank you, Honey Buns. So I'm co-hosting and I'm here to help move the show along a little bit. But um, I guess I'm supposed to introduce myself here. He didn't even, he didn't even like give me a proper intro. It was kind of like, I don't well, know. You're the vet here, so I'm not um, the vet. Is, you're the vet. That's why you're no, doing this. I'm not. You know, I'm podcast. not. I'm not a vet at recording podcasts. Uh, I'm a rookie, um, okay. and so you've got to take me under your wing. <laughs> and this was a learning experience for me. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Th thank you for putting up with all of my uh, inexperience with this. I will get better. I promise. Every day, so, babe. Baby steps. Yes. So, <laughs> Nadine. I usually call you honey, but 
this is you proper, can call me honey this That's is a proper fine. podcast i have to call you nadine so nadine uh would you please give us a short introduction uh let us know who you are and what you do thanks benson <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm Nadine Sue, uh, formerly Nadine Toyota, before I met Ben, before I married Benson, and um, I've uh, been together with Benson since 2000, and that's kind of coincidentally the time when drifting was just new to Benson and and new to me. Um, one of our first dates was like going drifting. Or I'm going to Toge, you know, things like that. So along these these first early years in drifting in California, um, I was with Benson by his side. And so whenever he tells these stories, it's kind of like I was there living those stories with him. I was one of the first female drift racers in the USA. Um, I started and founded Drifting Pretty, which is a nonprofit for the advancement of women in racing. So, you know. I taught girls how to drift. I inspire girls how to drift. I still run Drifting Pretty today. That's kind of like my number one love. It's our 18th year now. And um, I was one of the first women to drift in Formula D. And I got married to Benson in 2006 when I finished my first uh, and only season in Formula Drift. And I have four daughters with Benson and I am an entrepreneur. I am a professional portrait photographer, and I have the podcast, the Drifting Pretty Podcast, and which Benson co-produces with me. And here I am today, um, helping Benson co-produce this Lady Mania podcast. And I'm so glad that he's finally getting this podcast started because this has been a long time in the making. And I'm so happy that you finally have like. Put your money where your mouth is and like, <laughs> we're good now. So you got to take that leap of faith, you know? It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's not easy, but we're, we're, gonna, we're doing it. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, that's, that's just a little bit about me. A little bit. By the way, can, can you possibly wear any more hats? That's insane what you do. I got. I, no. Yeah, I could. Maybe. But you're not. You won't stop. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I won't stop. Can't stop. That's fine. But you know what, guys? Like Benson goes and introduces me, but he didn't even introduce himself. So if you're tuning into this podcast and you kind of heard about him, but you don't really know Benson, Mark and I, you know, Mark is our sound engineer. We'll do his intro in a sec. But man, we got to like intro the host, right, Mark? Sure. (laughs) So I have this long list of accolades. Benson hates talking about himself and he's just like the worst, the most humble guy I've ever met. And which is one of the reasons why I married him is just he's so humble and I I love, love, love it. But I hate, hate, hate it when he doesn't (laughs) give himself credit, you know? So that's why I insisted on doing this part of the podcast so you guys can get to know Benson a little bit more. But I'm going to brag. I I read this list and I was like, (laughs) This guy sounds like a jerk. You don't sound like a jerk. This is just what you did. So, okay. Go I don't ahead. know. I'm, I'm going to list it, Mark. But, like, Mark, I want you to give me, like, I'm going to go, like, you know, accomplishments, and then you're going to go deep. All right? Oh, okay. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. When he was a jerk. <laughs> yes. Sure. Let's go. True. Let's go with that. Don't so, research it, but yes. <laughs> so, Benson, um, he found out all about drifting 
back in 1997. So, yo, maybe you weren't even born yet if you're listening to this podcast. I don't know. But Benson found drifting in 1997 through option videos and option magazines. And these were things that you could buy at Kinokuniya, which is the Japanese bookstore. Like, that was the place to get those things. And The videos were bootleg videos from a, like, little Japanese uh, video rental store back when they had those. Yeah. Right? Yep. What was it called? I don't, I don't remember what it was called. Mark, you used to go that one too? Yeah, made like a half hour drive just to rent option videos. Week yeah, that week. wasn't close to you. That's funny. I was, I was going to college in UC Irvine, so it was right no. there. No, 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 the Japanese bookstore. Or I mean, it wasn't a bookstore. It was just a video rental. It was like, it was like a blockbuster for Japanese movies. So know. they had all the dramas <laughs> there and all the, there's a tiny little shelf with the option videos. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how Benson and and myself as well, like that's how we found out about drifting was through their option videos, option magazines, um, because those featured the dopest cars ever drifting. And that's what Benson ended up buying, which was his into in 1999. He got his first and still current Nissan 240SX S13. He's got a black hatch. Well, it was black when he bought it. Now it's red. But he still has that same one that he bought in 1999. And shortly after, he converted it to um, a Salady. And those of you who don't know, it's Sylvia front end on S13 hatch front end. And that's actually the first time I saw Benson was driving down the street in his Salady. And I was like, oh, my God, there's that Salady guy. And, and I kid you not, like that was the first time I saw Benson was that in the Salady. And um, it, it's yeah. kind of whack now. <laughs> it's kind of whack to make a Salady. It's, it's hard <laughs> it to make not. a good one. It's not. But, but back then it was really cool. So it you was. just got to trust me on that. It was, re- it was really cool. And it made you look hotter. But um, that's beside the point. And you had um, swapped. Is that true, Mark? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> just stop. I'm trying to get through You're, this damn list, okay? You can me feel like the third wheel, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. He, he swapped his SR, you know, he was one of the first at V-Spec, right? You, you went to V-Spec. Yeah. If you're OG, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he started street drifting in 2000. What a naughty boy. But, you know, that's just, that's all we had, right? That's right. Um, we, we started, um, you know, finally he got to the track and he started drifting at Drift Association's um, Drift Day. And, and that was in 2001. And he immediately became one of the Drift Association um, drift instructors and um he drove in d1 driver search in 2003 option video eco 10 2003 he won the first drift show off in 2003 where he beat koguchi in a tandem drifting race i'm like oh my god that was the best ever um there's videos of it still benson posts them sometimes but that was great of course he was a d1 gp license holder in 04, he won um, second place in the RSR Drift Festival, and he actually won money to buy my engagement ring, which was dope. And he competed in the first full season of Formula Drift. And he went to Sonoma, Houston, Atlanta, Irwindale. Funny thing, I was there with him, and Mark was there with him. And Mark was kind of his pit crew, pit boss. Is that what we call it, Mark? Like, Yeah, I didn't do anything, but <laughs> no, I had a video you- camera with me, so... Yeah, he was there documenting and like carrying gear. Yeah. And, um, you know, Benson for the last 17 years has been the head instructor um, and vice president of Drifting Pretty. 
coincidentally, Mark has been right by Benson's side as well as, um, you know, an instructor in Drifting Pretty and um, just teaching women all about working on cars and drifting and racing cars. Um, more recently, Benson's been judging drifting competitions for Just Drift, uh, Drift Day Chicago, Final Bout, and Super D. Um, and he's the co-producer for Drifting Pretty Podcast, which just wrapped the first season. And he is a dad of four girls. So that is like Benson's little list that I went down. But Mark, we're going to go deep. Like, let's also talk about Benson and, you know, as a person. Like, what are your thoughts? What should the listeners know about him? So I guess back then... Like like Benson said before, the internet was pretty new. So say between 2000 and 2005, you know, it was forums. It wasn't Instagram. It wasn't social media. Like everybody knew you from your either your website or through your forum posts. And that's where I learned how somebody can be one personality in person and another personality on on the internet. Yes, and, uh, hiding behind the computer. <laughs> <clears throat> But, you know, Nadine says, like, Benson is so humble, but uh, he wasn't exactly so humble on the internet. <laughs> and, like, fortunately, I knew him before I met him on the internet because that would have definitely changed my opinion of him <laughs> as a person. But, like, everybody seemed to be a jerk on the internet back then, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Something to prove. But, like, you met... I was tell trolling me about, a little, yeah. Tell me the first time you met Benson. When was that? I I met both actually was it at mile square no actually i met benson at um um, i i we were we were chatting early on through (laughs) aim right yeah we were aim friends first which is aol instant messenger for those who don't know because it's not available anymore um but that was kind of the first um the first application we had where you could chat with other people online you call it aim i was always like aim I don't um, know. Well, yeah. I don't know who who out there calls it AIM. Like I don't know. No one calls it that. AIM. No one calls it anything. What was your screen name? It's like you were you still you were Slady Mania, right? Damn, he's really old, know. guys. He doesn't even remember what I he think was. So. What, what were you, Mark? Were you the RS? RS one three two NV. Yes, and I was Hoppa one eighty S X X Y. Hey, sick. Good times. <laughs> but yeah, like you know we. We knew each other be- from owning 240s before we knew each other from drifting. So, like, that's where we met was at um, 240SX meets. And, yeah, we were all members of SoCal240SX.org. And yeah, we... and I, I think I met both of you in person at the same, the same day. Oh, okay. So we all met at Mile Square Park in Fountain Valley. No, for SoCal. in Torrance. No, it was? It was, it was at uh, Mitsuwa. Mitsua. Was it Mitsua? Oh, mm-hmm. it was Mitsua. I remember now. Oh, snap. I got to get my history right. But anyway, it was a SoCal How dare you? Sex. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I believe that was like, yeah, that was 2000, right? Yeah. Yep. We just like sat around, look at each other's cars. Yep. Yeah, we would all go on because it was a group in, on Yahoo. is Yahoo Groups, SoCal240SX.org. And we were a really dope group because... We ended up doing um, the 240SX owners convention and like Benson was instrumental in that. Mark was instrumental in that. Um, I was really involved as well. So shout out to Alex Chang. He's the the one that led it all. Yeah, for sure. Credit where credit's due. Call us Alex. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, so Mark, like we kind of, we, I've been like throwing all these hints on like your profile, but like Mark, we've known you for 21 years now. Um, the internet doesn't really know you that well. So, you know, <laughs> our podcast listeners may not know you. So why don't you introduce yourself, Mark? Like, who are you? Mm -hmm. What are you doing for the podcast? What do you drive? All that good stuff. Uh, my name's Mark Mondoy. Um, yeah, I've known them since basically day one. You know, we all had two 4SXs, and that's like how we all got to know each other. Who knew, like, through that, we'd be friends for over 20 years, right? But uh, yeah, I had a chance because of drifting, because of Nadine and Drifting Pretty to join along with that, being an instructor, being uh, part of the organization, helping planning, helping do whatever need be to you know, advanced women in driving and racing. So, no, that was a cause that I wanted to be on board with since from day one. And like, it's been fulfilling to me and plenty of fun. And, you know, moving on to the podcast with that, helping to produce that has been great too. And, you know, when Benson brought up the idea of doing a podcast talking about, you know, giving due to all the people that helped out in drifting that haven't been given a chance to tell their stories, you know, I wanted to jump on board with that as well. It's like how, how lucky for me to you know be able to join in causes that you know I really want to support to begin with, and to do something like like this, like engineering to you know something that's fun to do as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, great opportunity all around. Yeah. As far as me, uh, like I said, from been with them from day one, like through Benson's drifting career, I've you know seen it, helped him when I could, but just seeing the whole scene from the beginning too is. It's really an amazing story. It's really, there's so many facets about it that people don't know that, you know, will be fun to go, go through as these episodes go on. Mark, can you take us back to yeah. your website? Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'll mention your website every now and then on my IG stories and I always get a comment from someone saying like, oh yeah, I remember that side. And, you know, they, they have fond memories about it. Um, tell us about your website that you had um and why you had it what what was it called yeah going way back it's not around anymore but it was called breaks his life um it was basically a journal same same as yours but like mine was just uh you know kind of going through my journey as i went from not learning how to drift at all to like you know starting out and it was one of those things too where it's just like it was fun to build a website back then it was just like i wanted to make you know not only a journal of my stories, but like, you know, there's so many cool things happening when you got like Nomu Ken and the D1 guys coming over. Like, how, why would I miss taking pictures and like posting stories about that? And my, my experience dealing with that stuff is, you know, it was just so many things going on that were just fascinating that I wanted to show. And, you know, that's why I made the site. Um, faded over time just because, like, you know, as life went on, like my personal journey with drifting like faded a little bit. I never left, but, you know, I personally didn't drift as much. But, um, you know, but you're drifting now. I'm back at drifting. I'm not drifting my 240SX anymore. I'm drifting a big old G35 sedan. But, you know, that, that's its own sense of fun. But, you know, like I said, there's so many stories that, and experiences from back then that uh, need to be told and need to be appreciated. And so many people, like you said, unsung heroes is a great uh, phrase that you, you said that people that, out there that haven't gotten their credit. And I hope we can, you know, bring that forward. Yeah, well said. Oh, thank you, Mark, for being here. Like another project. Here we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome.
So I wanted to ask you guys some fun questions to help shed some light on who you really are. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <sighs> These are no, going to be deep. Not really. Not really. <laughs> These are just fun things I wanted to ask you guys. So as any car nut would know who likes to fix up cars, we always start from somewhere, right? And we're not always as smart as you know we are today, right? Because we were just starting. Everyone who I've ever talked to is guilty of this. We've all done something really dumb as a car modifying noob to their car that's super embarrassing and that we would never do today. And we don't necessarily share it with people. So I want to ask you both. I'll start with you, Nadine. <laughs> Name an embarrassing thing you've done to your car early in your tuning days. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Give us your best one. The best one. Okay, um, so I got my driver's license in the 240, right, which I still own today. And I love that car when I got it. I knew exactly what it was, what it was going to be for. I was reading option magazines and I had like a little mood board cut out for my 240. And I knew that as soon as like I got my driver's license, I was going to lower the car and put some wheels on it. So... I got my Adler AR-04s from Discount Tire, <laughs> and then I was ready, right? I had my rims, and you know you can't wear rims on a car that's high. You just don't do that. So it's kind of like you got to lower your car as soon as you get wheels. So I put the rims on, and I was like, okay, we got to lower the car. So I didn't have a lot of money because I spent all my money on the wheels. So I was like, okay, well, I think I heard like the Honda guys because I came from like all my friends were Honda guys. They're like, yeah, you can just cut the stock springs. I was like, all right, cool. And then I looked and I'm like, how much should I cut? And so I was like, let's cut half. Like just half, half the spring. The spring? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Because I wanted it low because I couldn't be yeah, too high. That'll make it low. <laughs> so we cut like half. In the front and half in the back, and we put the, the springs back on. I've I've never and heard anyone say half. <laughs> they'd always be like, "Oh yeah, I cut off like two coils, three coils." Or sometimes people would be like, "Oh yeah, I lowered it like three fingers or whatever." No one has ever told me, "Oh, I just cut half." <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the car was a little too low, and I couldn't drive it. Because it would go like over a bump and like if any bump, it would it would bounce like 10 times because it just you cut all the you cut everything off. You ex you have no whatever busted shocks you were on. Right. And, and, you know, yeah, my shocks were busted. I knew they were. So I, I didn't even have enough money to go replace it with some like stock gas shocks. So the car was jacked. So then like my car was down for weeks because then I had to work. Oh, you didn't to, drive like, it like that? Stop. I tried. I tried, but it was really bad, like really bad. Like I couldn't even go over like like a little crevice in the street without it bouncing 10 times. Like it was insane. <laughs> like don't cut your stock springs. Okay, people like <laughs> whatever. So anyway, I saved all my money up to finally get some proper like lowering springs. You really had to spend money. Yeah. Then I had to had buy to like real too, springs. Right? Yeah. Then I had to buy like, you know, Tokiko replacements and. And then I started appreciating like the whole name brands because I would save up and like get the legit name brands and stuff. So 
it was a lesson learned um, that you probably can't shortcut the whole lowering thing when you have a 240. So, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was stupid. I never told you that one, but yeah. Anyway, good, good thing you didn't tell me that one because we not we might not be here today. Stop. Well, <laughs> I got you anyway. I got you where I want you. So, what about okay. you, Mark? It's your turn. Let's see. I got my first 240 in '97, but back then I didn't know any like actual racers. So like all my influence for as far as cartooning was through my cousins who weren't into drifting or racetrack driving or anything. They were into car audio. So like I fell in with them and their advice, you know, building a heavy box with two 12 inch subs in the back that just like weighed the car down. But the dumbest thing about that was, you know, they convinced me to sound it in the car. And, you know, back then I was in college, so I had no money as well. The idea was to spray bed liner from a can that you would get at AutoZone and just to do the trunk. But they had no idea how, mu how much you actually needed. So I ended up buying like 10 cans uh -huh. of rubberized bed liner and just was doused this the common trunk. practice, by the way? For idiots, yeah. Okay. It's not the proper, <laughs> the proper material to did use. Did you guys come up with this idea or did you read it? I or think it was one of those it? things where it was like, a, what do you call it? Wife's Tale or like, you okay. know, urban, like a... Just like a makeshift, oh, you just spray okay. bed liner, it's dead, okay. in your, dead in your trunk. Sprayed 10 cans worth, made like a quarter inch thick goo of like rubber all along the trunk that never dried and never went away. Oh. So it's just like for the rest of that car's life until I got rid of it like six years later, it's just a sticky mess underneath that carpet. Why like didn't there. it dry? A truck bed liner's dry. Yeah, you're supposed to like dry it in the sun. But I kept my car in the garage and it just like literally never dried from that point forward. So anything I put in the trunk, there's always a chance of just being like laced oh with gosh. goo. Never coming like, out. And never went away. Okay. That, that did car it, okay, was wait. cursed, Mark. Mark, did it sound good though? No, it didn't even help at all. <laughs> well, I mean like, and then I managed to put like a 80 millimeter gritty exhaust for my KA. That, yeah. That was like as loud as a bus anyway so it didn't matter because like it just, <laughs> the car droned like crazy so that it was like a waste of time wasting wow okay <laughs> wow who wins who wins yeah. honey who wins you can, un <laughs> you can replace the springs you can't replace the trunk well okay well let me tell you mine first oh, before yeah. we decide who oh, wins okay 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 this is gonna be but, good but between you two i'm leaning towards you nating oh <laughs> that's not okay. fair let's hear yours okay so i'm going to tell you my embarrassing story but there's an embarrass there's another embarrassing layer on top of it okay because when i graduated um high school um i was commuting to irvine for school and my parents they they knew we had to have an additional car in the family so they bought a mazda protege and i drove it and I, I was watching option videos and stuff like that. And I was really into drifting. Um, and so I would go in parking lots and rip the e-brake and, and try and drift it everywhere. It was ridiculous. But anyway, so I had that car <laughs> and um, I didn't really do anything to it, but um, I was bored. I think it was summer vacation right after graduating high school. I was bored and um, I was with my friend Paul and I was just like, the term forced induction, right? Um, that's what turbos do. They force air into your engine, uh, compressed air into your engine to make it faster, get more oxygen and more fuel and it makes more horsepower, right? So I was like, 
I have an I have a genius idea. Why don't we go to Radio Shack or wherever it was? I forgot where we went. Let's buy a fan, a really strong fan, and put it in the intake. And you know, we'll hook it up to the battery to a, a cool switch or whatever. And we'll we'll turn on the fan when we need more power. And it's gonna blow extra air into the intake and make more power. So we went to the store and bought all this stuff, wired it up. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but it didn't do anything. It was just there. I just had like the, the coolest thing about it was just I had this light up switch in on the inside of the car. So there wasn't and even people, like a placebo effect where you're like, oh, no, I do. Feel no, something. there was. There was. But, you know, looking back on it, I, I knew it didn't do anything. So right. um, <laughs> that's my story. How long did you have that on there? Before you realize it was it was stupid. when it was time to give the car back to my dad when I bought my S thirteen I was like I've heard take this crap out of here before you <laughs> like I mean it's it lights up at night you you can't ignore that it's there so you decided to take it off or you didn't want to swap it into your S thirteen no <laughs> no I I took it all off I I knew it was dumb actually Pretty now dorky. that yeah now now that I'm thinking about it drifting a Mazda protege might be more embarrassing than than my actual switch my my fan story no i don't know that's hot that's a really tough one those are all very not hot yeah yeah, yeah like <laughs> uh me and nadine were dumb but you were nerdy dumb yeah he was nerdy <laughs> you're right mark that's what it is like yeah. he's on that nerdy well you know benson you went thought to... you were smart <laughs> i did I thought but I was you really guys smart. like benson went to uci for like computer science like who's the dork not me just him that's it. Okay, cool. Case closed. Yeah. Dorkiest thing. Okay, I you can win, win the dorkiest award. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. But you, you're able to take off that fan. I was stuck with this nasty goo on my. Oh yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Did what? What happened with that car, Mark? Did you sell it? No, I gave it gave it away. Oh, okay. That's the only way you can Long get story rid of short. it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, second question. And I'll start with Mark this time. Um, tell me about your first ever experience drifting in a car. And if it was if it was you sitting passenger, I want to hear about that. But if your first experience drifting in a car was you driving, then tell me about that. Uh, I did a lot of dumb, dumb things before I was in that actual drift car, like thinking I was drifting, but uh, like I don't want to talk about it. It was really <laughs> stupid. But the first time I was in a car that was actually drifting this is was a actually... safe place, Mark. You you, you can. <laughs> talk about that stuff it's just me and nadine yeah well i mean i spun on a freeway faced the wrong way it was mm. yeah anyway Who hasn't done that <laughs> yeah i know we've all done that here <laughs> anyway yeah the first time i was in an actual drift car was actually with you at uh button willow really must have been in 2000 2001 it must have been 2001 i would say at a speed trial drift event which was you know a road racing event that had a, what, a drifting um run group and sitting with you like it was funny because like you know i knew about drifting i actually watched you know speed trial drifting from the outside a few times beforehand mm -hmm. and it was like totally in love but like when first time i sat in a pass as a passenger i thought it would be super exciting and super kind of scary mm -hmm. but the whole time when you were drifting all i could think was like i i can do this i get it right like you know it seemed like uh not wild i would say like really technical but just like it was from that point on, I knew like over road racing, over autocross, over any other kind of event, like this is what I wanted to do because, you know, this was fun. Sweet. 
I didn't realize that. That's cool. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, you weren't doing going crazy, but you were pretty I wasn't. smooth. I sucked. Yeah, I mean, but like, you're one of the better ones out there for sure. Because like, what? everybody sucked. But you said it was Button Willow? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I just think I remember. Very Good cool. Times. I didn't know that. <laughs> what about you, Nadine? Oh, well, my first time um, in a drift car, um, it was before I was drifting myself, um, was with you as well. So Dang, I win. my drift cherry. <laughs> I win this podcast. Yeah, you, you phrased those questions just because you knew. <laughs> I, you hey, knew. I didn't know the answers. You're okay? like, I'm the drift pimp. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was one of our very first times up at Toge. Like we we drive up to GMR um, in Azusa, and um, you know when you drive up, you go to the top and you meet all your friends at the top at like this massive turnout, which could hold like you know twenty cars or whatever. It's it's a big spot, and um, I don't remember if it was the first time Benson brought me up or not, but um, we were at the top at the turnout, and then he's like okay hold on and then he proceeded to chew donuts on the turnout in the mountains okay he's so reckless this is different than this is a different story than i remember okay well you can correct me but no no i think you're right i just i remember being really excited about doing more than just donuts because i started doing donuts right but then i was able to start doing corners and when i um... was able to do a corner i was like i can't wait to show nadine what i can do now <laughs> Yeah, well, I, but this is my first experience with you, which was donuts, right? Because yeah, you were, okay. you did donuts first before corners. Yeah. And yeah. And, and like, first of all, I didn't even know what the hell toge was, right? I didn't know the kanji when I was reading the, the option magazines. And I don't even know if they even talked about going to toge, right? Like, I didn't know what it was. And when he's like, you want to go to a toge party? I'm like, what the hell is a toge party? And I was like, toga, toge, like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I didn't know what toge was. You know, I found out what it was. You know, we we're racing in the mountains. I love, love that. And then donuts, like, I didn't even know what a donut was. You know, like, I grew up watching F1 racing. I didn't, I never, I didn't know what a donut was. So Benson showed me the first donut. And, you know, we were on the top of the freaking mountain doing it in a turnout, which was really dangerous if I look back on it. But it was so fun and so intense. And I remember looking over the side of the mountain thinking like, damn, like if he doesn't do it right, like we're going to drive off the side of the mountain. But this is really fun. Like I was just I just remember and I was like, I want him to do it again. Like I love here. I love this. And then pretty soon, like going in the mountains, doing donuts in the mountains, drifting in the mountains, racing in the mountains was like my favorite thing to join Benson, you know, doing like when when he went, I was like, this is like so fun. We got to do this like every weekend. So I, I think like that whole experience, like the donuts and the toge, like I feel like that kind of went hand in hand and how yeah. I fell in love with drifting and, and motorsports. And also like as soon as we got to the track, like I was like, OK, I'm so done sitting with you. I need to yep. drive, you know, because this it got boring real quick because. I wanted to do it myself then, but it was just such a nice primer for my knowledge and experience in drifting and racing was to just do this crazy stuff in the mountains. And it was so fun. It was like my defining moment. In I time. remember, I remember you were kind of addicted, like scary addicted to going to Toge. Cause there, <laughs> I remember, you know, there was, we would always go late at night and we would go on, you know, well, we would go at any time before 
people realized what it was and what we were doing. So it didn't matter what day we we would go. We would just go any day. But I remember sometimes I was like, babe, I'm tired. I, I just want to like watch a movie. You're like, no, let's go. And like, there's so many I times where you wanted to go more than I did. And I was just like, all right, let's go. And then I remember telling you, show me your turbo when it glows. And I was like obsessed <laughs> with seeing your turbo inside your SR glow because you were like running your car so hard, like, you know, racing up the mountains and stuff. So that was like, I my my distinct memories were donuts at the top and a glowing like orange turbo. Mm. Like, glowing brakes was fun too. That was really funny. And That's I remember funny. seeing Slight Squad, who we're going to have on maybe this season. We'll talk about it. But hey, I didn't drop that yet. I know. Okay, cut it out. It's fine. <laughs> It's but fun. yeah, that was my first ever experience, which was, I think, definitely foundational to, you know, what excites me and, and what kind of drove me to have mm-hmm. the passion in drifting. Hey, good question, yeah. babe. Yeah. So, what about you? So mine, I had met Dave and Mark from Slide Squad through AOL Instant Messenger, but I met up with them. Um, and at this point, it was um, maybe 98 or 99. And, you know, at this point, Dave and Mark were already drifting. I'm not sure if I had my car yet or not. I think I maybe just got my S13 or maybe this was right before. But um, I knew they were drifting and I was always chatting with them all the time about drifting and where they go and stuff like that. And um, one of the places they went to was Toge. And um, so Dave picked me up from my house. He wanted to show me. So we went up to Toge and, uh, you know, we were driving up Toge just like normal, right? Just doing some grip driving and and chatting the whole way up. And then Dave was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to show you now. And I can't even tell you what he was doing because I was just so in awe of the whole experience. And um, this was in his Civic. Okay. So, (laughs) you know. Glad you pointed that I, yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This this is going to be a shock to a lot of people, but he was in a Civic and um but he and he'd pull the e-brake and uh, I remember it was it was a summer day or summer evening and the windows were down. And you know, a lot of people might think of drifting as like a violent experience inside the car, but for me it felt like time slowed down. I was seeing everything in slow motion and I I distinctly remember the wind coming in from the side of the car through the windows. Mm-hmm. And this is something you never feel, right? Because if you have the windows down, they kind of, they come through the windows, but they go past you, right? I felt the wind blowing across my face. And I felt, you know, I remember seeing the headlights point at the inside of the corner and we would just slide around the corner. And it was something that I, it was magical to me. That's the mm-hmm. best way I can explain it. It's a very fond memory for me, and it sparked so much in me and what I wanted to learn, what I wanted to be good at. And so, yeah, that's it for me. Um, he, he took me up a bunch of corners. He never spun out. Um, I never felt like, oh, we're in a front-wheel drive car. This drifting is, like, crappy or, or whatever. It was just, it was amazing. It was, um, it was definitely a defining moment in my drifting life if that's what you want to call it. So beautiful too, your story. Yeah. Like Pocahontas. Yeah, no. Colors in my, of the wind. In my mind, <laughs> in my mind, it's in slow motion, wind is blowing across my <clears throat> face and you can hear maybe like 
like a classical song <laughs> playing as the soundtrack. Like that's that's what it looks like in my head. Yeah, <laughs> I so see it. So he was really gentle with you then for <laughs> yeah. your first time. Yeah. yeah, he was. What year was this? So much you had music in your ears. <laughs> I it was in '98 or '99. I Damn. I don't remember exactly. You hear that, people? '98, '99. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and mine was in 2000, like right when I met you. Yeah. We started going up 2000, 2001. Yep. Oh my goodness, it's been a long time, guys. Yeah, feeling old yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, last question, um, Nadine. I'll start with you. Which drift driver has influenced you the most? Um, you know, I I was thinking about this one, and you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like some things just aren't Googleable. You you Google them, and like their stuff doesn't come up, right? Like, and it's funny because before we started taping, I Googled this guy because I'm like, oh, I wonder what like he's doing or I want to know about, you know, stuff. And there's some stuff, but it's not like all of it, right? So um, Kumakabo was a really, what's his first, I don't even remember his first name. Nobushige. Nobushige Kumakabo. I've met the dude. I've driven with the dude. I like him a lot. And, and Kumakabo, if you Google him, you know, there's a Wikipedia like on him, but it really doesn't talk about, like what he did, he had a, a drift team, Kuma Kazoku. Do you do you boys remember that? Yep. And it was a group of, I guess it was a group of female drivers, yep. like in Japan. And he was kind of grooming them. And Kumakubo had a racetrack in Japan, like a zoo at the racetrack. Is that right? Yeah. Like I'm like soon. asking you guys just to make sure, but whatever. Right. Like, so it's weird because like there's not a lot on this stuff. Like he had a zoo in Japan. Like he had his racetrack. He he was helping these girls Kuma Kazoku. Like, and his whole theme of drifting with your smile. And like we don't, no one talks about that anymore. But like that was his thing back in the day when he was part of Team Orange. Yep. And and I was like, I love that. Yes, because I'm I'm all about positivity. And, you know, and that's why I love drifting is not to win trophies, but to have fun drifting because that's when you do really well. So I, I've always followed him and, and I've, I love the drift with your smile kind of mentality. And if you meet the dude, like he's just like the sweetest guy ever. And he's not those like hot, crazy dudes that are kind of, I don't know, I'm not going to name names, but, but, you know, he's, he's a nice dude. And like, I... And, you know, they don't talk enough about all the good things that he did. But I love that he was an entrepreneur and, you know, he owned land. He had a racetrack. He has the, the, the zoo. I think he still has it, but it's named. Yeah. It's not a zoo. It's like a nature reserve or, or something like that. But but like I love that he had all these other things going on besides his own professional drifting career. And and that's kind of like how I roll, too. I'm not I'm not a professional drifter anymore. But like, I've always believed in, you know, doing everything. So, you know, and, and he does the same and, and, you know, and his notion of just drifting with your smile and staying positive and just being a solid, like really nice dude. So I would say, yeah, Nobushige Kumakubo, that's my dude. Nice. What about you, Mark? Uh, it's pretty easy for me. Uh, his name's Nobuteru Taniguchi. I'm sure a lot of people know. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's not so much... Uh, drifting at least not professionally anymore but he was a big deal back in the early 2000s and mid 2000s he was in a lot of option videos before d1 but then through d1 he was you know 
I believe the first or second year champion. But back then, you know, drifting, the drifting style was a lot different than it is now. Like, I guess what would be most popular now would be, you know, the Naoki Nakamura swing it hard like Mehan and just like really get tons of angle immediately. Um, and then like in America, the drifting style is a little bit different too. But, you know, back then, drifting was a lot like racing, I would say. It's like going as fast as you can around the track and just basically taking a racing line. And so, you know, since there was no way to learn drifting from people, because like we, none of us knew how to drift back then, like all I could do is just watch any in-car that I could. And when you watch Taniguchi from back then, the thing you see is just like he'll initiate and counter steer. And then from there, it's like precision. You never see him correct. It's just like everywhere or every time he wants to put the car at a certain angle, he gets it right away and like never correct. So it's, it's like watching someone like, like so smooth and so fast. And, you know, that was like a, a style that I try to, you know, emulate to this day is just always be on point with steering, always be on point with throttle control. And it's just like try to always be at one with the car, no matter like what angle and like how fast you're drifting it's it's really something to watch i think people don't appreciate just like when you see good steering how just amazing it is and it's so difficult to do that you know it's it's always going to be something that i strive for when i'm trying to drift and he's cute (laughs) you know he's like the playboy of drifting right and his D1 car was really nice and his his personal cars are nice yeah care about how he because of his car for Males and females, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Honey Buns? Um, I was going to say Taniguchi too, because I feel like um, my style of driving felt more similar to his, where, you know, he's not the guy out there to just throw in a ton of angle um, and look like he's about to crash on every run. He was uh, super precise and he was like a surgeon with his driving technique right? He's so accurate with um, his throttle. And back then you would see like so many different styles and you'd see like a lot of guys blipping the throttle like on and off. And you'd see some guys making lots of steering corrections, but not Taniguchi. Taniguchi knew exactly where the throttle needed to be and he would keep the pedal there. Um, The steering the same, like he wasn't like feeling for where the steering should be. He already knew where it needed to be and he would put it there and he would keep it there. And it was just so smooth and precise. So yeah, I want to say Taniguchi, but for the sake of um, having some variety, maybe I'll say Nomuken. Um, (laughs) Nomuken, um, he was more on the wild side and um, his driving looked less precise, but a lot more dramatic. And he, he would always try and get as much angle as he could. And, um, you could tell when it was him out there on the track because for some reason, and no one I knew could figure this out, but he would put down more smoke than anybody on the track. And, you know, I would see some other drivers wearing the same tires as him. So, like, I knew it wasn't the tires. I didn't know what he would do, but he always had an exciting driving style. Um, he had an exciting personality on camera. Everyone loves Nomuken. Um, when he's on option video playing one of his many characters or just being silly <laughs> or doing backflips and all that stuff. Um, he's such an entertainer. So I'll take that aspect of it. Just, you know, he's an exciting person to watch driving and an exciting personality um, on camera. 
So I'll go with Nomi Ken. I remember, yeah, when the D1 drivers first came over and, you know, were performing at Irwindale. And, you know, they brought, they finally brought their cars out. And, you know, there's so many good drivers out there, but Nomu Ken always had the most impact. He was the one that just like laid down the smoke and everybody's eyes were like just immediately on him the entire run. And, you know, like he was wild, but it was crazy how precise he was too. Cause, you know, that's when they first started to really play with the wall at, you know, Irwindale and the inner bank and stuff. And he would be laying down smoke and being like, you know, an inch from the wall too. So, right. You know, Without a doubt, impactful. I forgot to mention, um, his style in cars is so unique, right? Because um, a lot of a lot of the cars that we look up to back then, they're usually pretty clean. Um, but Nomuken kind of had a wild style to him, and his um, he has a line of aero parts, um, and they were they were pretty crazy, and you could always tell when there was a Nomuken car because of the way it looked. It just it has his signature lines um, that he has on all of his arrow. And to this day, like, yeah, he, he still makes arrow for like the R34 sedan and it's still new and he has like new right. designs. Like, yeah, a lot, a lot of kits that are out there have been the same kits that have literally been out for 20 years and, but he's still always coming out with new stuff and it's always bold, but always still looks pretty good. Yep. Yep. But this sparked a memory. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have to tell you, we were doing, I think it was... Option video Ika 10. I think it was Ika yeah, 10. I think you're and, thinking Ika 10. And Benson, the showman that he wants to be, showed up in a suit. And it was so funny because Nomuken was walking the paddock and he like saw Benson roll up in his lady, came out of his car in a freaking suit. And Nomuken's like, what the? And he like ran over there with like the camera crew. And like was interviewing Benson, just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you wearing? Oh my gosh, it was so funny. If you guys can like go back and, and see that video, like that's all on that option video, Ika 10. Yeah, just but, don't watch the driving part of yeah, it. Yeah, the greatest day and worst day of my drifting career. Well, I mean, and that day was also the day that Benson's mom was, the, that was the first time Benson's mom saw him drift. First which was last. not a good, that was the first, I think the last, she was so freaked out because Benson on his his competition run or his his feature run or whatever like spun out and she's like oh my god he did terrible I remember that that was Benson's mom's first that was the most nervous day of my life not (laughs) not any job interviews that I had that determined the future of my career not anything but it was that day and I was so nervous and there was nothing I could do but spin out you're telling me like I I was in that competition too I missed the morning practice. So my first time on the actual course was my first run. And it was like, I don't know, like six, seven at night. So like under the lights in front of everybody doing my first run, like using that to learn the course. And then turns out there's a cameraman like literally on the course too. So was it Zaku? I do not know. It probably was Zaku. Nighttime drifting is no joke, guys. Like it changes things. (laughs) But but it was it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely one of the funnest days just like the the camaraderie just of all the drivers because like yeah everybody sucked so like there was nobody like trying to you know prove themselves because like everybody was just there to have fun and it totally was regardless of you know how the outcome was <laughs> yeah but speaking but yeah of, no mukin speaking of a showman i remember that day and ap- when he was interviewing me and then i had my girlfriend Nadine by my side. Oh God! And all of a sudden, she started speaking Japanese to Nomuken, 
Oh, please. Tripped him out, right? <laughs> He's in remember. America. And, and you know, there's this girl who, like, maybe doesn't know, look like she can speak Japanese, speaking Japanese. I remember you took him by the arm and brought him <laughs> to show him your car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I conveniently forgot about that piece, but <laughs> I guess if you funny. say so. He's, she's funny. probably thinking, like, oh, the American women, they're so strong. <laughs> they're so strong. <laughs> such misfits <laughs> so if you want to see this video on youtube look up dori 10 number 14 and d-o-r-i-t-e-n uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's Dori. and laugh at how bad all of us were back then it was barely drifting it's like a yearbook it's great i love that it's so fun good memories guys those good are stuff. great questions those yeah. are good questions and i feel like this is kind of like a little like glimpse of how the future episodes are going to be you know this great conversation we're having and, and reminiscing like man like these are such good memories and i can't wait to hear like what we're going to uncover with our guests right like these are just our memories and i'm having such a good time like i could talk to you guys for hours about these fun fun memories like so our guests it's going to be really fun this season yeah that's that's the goal so yeah so tell us honey buns like what's what's with the season like what what's your plans okay so i want to bring on old friends and new friends i want them to reminisce i want them to tell us things that a lot of us haven't heard yet and so my first guest i'm going to bring the heat and i'm going to bring on slide squad they are the first drift team in the usa they formed in 98 the two members are dave shoals and Mark Hutchinson. They're really, um, I mentioned them earlier in the episode. They're old friends. They're good friends. They are my inspiration to begin drifting myself. They have their fingerprints on drifting all over the place. If you go on YouTube and you look up old videos at Ebisu or Nico Circuit, a lot of those videos are from Dave when he traveled to Japan and spent weeks there living there he he was there when they opened um, Ebisu's Toge track for the first time. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know, I don't know if the video is on the internet, but the video is so old. It was the Toge track before the Toge track had trees. Yeah, it it they just finished completing it, and you'll see like a lot of our heroes in there. You'll see Kumakubo. You'll see uh, Asamoto. You'll see Hiroshi and Yamashita. You'll, you'll see all kinds of legends in his videos. And he was there. He, he videotaped all of it. Um, I can't wait to hear their stories. I know that for sure I'm going to learn some stuff that I haven't heard before. So I can't wait to share it with all of you. But yeah, they, they were around early on. Uh, they had a website, um, slidesquad.com, which is no longer around. And, you know, it's been a really long time. And so I feel like they're the perfect guest to kick off this season of the Silly 80 Mania podcast because they have so much history and I feel like a lot of people don't really know who they are. So I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited. And, and I love too that like Dave and Mark are still very much in the scene in their own ways. Like Dave is a huge enthusiast still. Mark judges the the drifting competitions with you like we've traveled together with Mark to like Chicago a couple times like judging final bout for um drifting so it's like you know they're still in it 
yeah. which is insane because it's been, I mean, you think we've been in it for a long time. Like they were doing it before us. Yep. So crazy to hear that perspective from even before we knew. So excited. Anyway. All right. So are we ready to close out um, your very first episode of the Salady Mania podcast, babe? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. So we're going to close out this episode with a big thank you to this episode sponsor. Benson doesn't really know that I was going to say this, but Mount Low Brewery, which is right next to my studio, brought us over some liquid courage before we started taping. And I really have to give a shout out to Mount Low Brewery. That's Mount L-O-W-E Brewery, which is Arcadia's first ever microbrewery. And you can follow them on Instagram at Mount Low Brewing and MountLowBrewing.com. First, but, first beer I've ever had with glitter in it. Yeah. So Benson's drinking their light raspberry ale with edible glitter and it's 4% alcohol. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's going to come back out. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. You, you can let us know later. And um, yeah. And I'm having their famous Ye Alpine Tavern um, lager, which is a 5% alcohol content. It's really nice and smooth. So. Those are the yum-yums that we're trying. But thank you, Mount Low, And um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, I'm so excited to finally see Benson going through with this and bringing you the first ever season of the Salady Mania podcast. So in the next episode of the Salady Mania podcast, Dave Scholes and Mark Hutchinson of Slide Squad, one of the first drift teams in the USA, joins us for a very candid and nostalgic convo about their time in drifting. Until then, please follow us on Instagram at Benson Sue for the most up-to-date information about upcoming episodes, behind-the-scenes stuff, and Benson's infamous flashback posts where he shares posts from early years of drifting in the USA. He's always posting these crazy old pictures from like 2000, 2001, 2002. It's kind of insane, but check him out there. And dolls, we'll see you in the next one. Oh, 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 oh